Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson, and today we have a podcast that's a little bit different. We are uh, taking an excerpt from an interview that uh, uh, was done with Steve and I a few days ago by George Herbert, who is with Epifan. And Epifan is a company that does live encoders. They've got the Webcaster X2 and a lot of other equipment that is really uh, some good stuff for streaming video. And so, we're going to talk a little bit about streaming video, the do's and don'ts, and a little bit about the webcasters. So George interviews Steve and I. And a little note here, uh, the first few seconds of the audio of Steve and I are just uh, really down low, but they, they eventually correct it after a few seconds, so hang in there with that. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn this over to George Herbert from Epifan. Enjoy. Our real guests this week are Phil and Steve from StreamingChurch.tv. Uh, so we'll bring them in now. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks, George. Thanks, Cameron. Nice to be here. Yeah. It's great to be here. We really appreciate the invitation. Right, you're very welcome. And uh, not long ago, I was a guest on your podcast, which was a, a great experience. And so really appreciate you guys returning the favor and, and joining us for one of our shows. Um, and I guess recently we've worked together, Epifan and Streaming Church. Uh, to create some direct integration with the Webcaster X2 and the Streaming Church platform. Um, and that was one of the big reasons we wanted to talk to you guys is all of the things that that has, uh, I guess, involved and, and what the benefits are uh, to your customers, our customers, and potential customers of both. Um, so I had a list of questions that we're going to get to, but maybe first I will open it up to you guys to introduce yourselves and introduce Streaming Church. First, I am Steve CEO and founder of Streaming Church. I'm Phil Thompson. I'm, uh, I work with customer support, and I've been working with Steve for probably about 10 years, although I've known Steve for a lot longer than that, probably over 20 years. And I've watched uh, the company, that I think, started in 2001, uh, just develop and uh, grow, and it's exciting to be able to help churches and ministries. Perfect. Um, I'm just going to... Yeah, so I'm just a few people in chat saying the uh, guest audio is a little low, so I'm just uh, getting our expert here to try and correct for that. So um, definitely sounds a, a lot louder for me now. So <laughs> in my monitor. Um, so anyway, I can we'll, start screaming if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, we should be good. Um, if anything, that might have been peaking a little bit, Matt. But we'll we'll continue here and, and hopefully we'll work that out as we go through. Um, so. I guess some of the things, um, you know, you mentioned Streaming Church has been around for a little while. How did it get started and uh, what was the, the driving factor between wanting to start a specific platform for this type of use, I suppose? So um, the original product started back in 2001, as Phil talked about. So actually, we didn't have the Streaming Church product, but we had another cloud-based product that we were um, providing to churches. So about... 10 years ago, we introduced the streamingchurch.tv product. Um, and it started with um, recording services at, at my home church. So um, streaming was just coming onto the scene and we wanted to you know, provide, extend our reach into the community. 
and provide another campus for those attending online. Right. And of course, in the past decade, that's really changed a lot. Um, so I suppose in some ways you were a pioneer 10 years ago, um, whereas today the market for that has, has kind of exploded. Um, I guess, what do you typically see now from churches that are starting out in streaming and what are they looking for? And what are some of the reasons uh, that they want to get into live streaming? Has that changed at all? Or is it still sort of a similar environment to it was 10 years ago for yourself? Bill, you want to take that? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, more and more churches are realizing that streaming video now is more than just video, but there's an interaction feature, an interactive element that really makes uh, makes you stand out from other groups. And so uh, we still have churches that just use video only, but uh, we've got a platform. And at Steve's credit, that's been a huge part of, of the vision for years, and that is to kind of replicate what goes on you know, somebody walks in your church facility, your ministry, you know, they're greeted by somebody, probably, hopefully, uh, you know, they, you, if you're new, the questions are answered, hopefully, by an usher or greeter. And, uh, you know, you get a good idea for what the church is like if you're visiting. Uh, we try to replicate that with an online platform that's very robust, that gives people an opportunity to chat. You know, you have a, a church online host, that's if you want, and you should, uh, to, again, kind of replicate what's happening and, and give people a feel and answer questions and take prayer requests and people can even donate online. And I think churches and pastors are really realizing how vital that is and how much uh, that really makes a difference. Yeah, and that's actually the perfect segue, of course, is because, you know, oftentimes, and certainly my exposure from the Epiphan side is um, oftentimes a lot of churches just starting out into the live streaming area they want to just look at Facebook streaming or YouTube streaming or something along those lines because it's something that's obviously free and it's, people are familiar with it and it's an interface that everyone, you know, from kids to grandma knows what, what's going on. Um, so I guess one of the big questions, of course, is why would you choose something like streaming church over just straight going to social media? And I think, Phil, maybe you touched on a bunch of that already, but maybe you could dive a little deeper into some what some of those features mean and what they bring to the table. Steve, you want to handle this one? And I can jump sure. in and interrupt you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We've got, you know, a lot of our churches that stream with us, a, a large percentage are also going to stream to uh, Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. Um, and this is uh, somewhat of a fairly recent phenomenon. But um, one of the challenges that churches have in streaming to uh, primarily YouTube has a really good um, algorithm for detecting copyrighted music. And so every church service is going to, you know, they don't have their own original music. And so what will happen occasionally is, um, you know, on the social platforms, they will turn you off or um, mute out the music that's um that's being playing. So that's that's a big challenge for churches. We get a lot of churches that, that have been streaming on YouTube and they're coming to us, you know, just for that main reason. Yeah, well, that's that's actually what we did a show not long ago talking about DRM and copyright and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's definitely one of the big ones that comes up all the time is that you know the social media platforms don't have much of a choice for their own liability but to do these automatic filtering. And with churches, that's especially difficult because most already have licenses, but there's no way to 
pre-enter these licenses. Um, so I guess going through a, a platform that's specifically designed for this, uh, you can kind of help alleviate that. Um, what do you guys do specifically around licensing? Is it something that you can be aware of someone's licensed status uh, when they're dealing with live streams through your platform? Uh, honestly, most of the time we refer people to uh, different companies. Uh, you know, CCLI's got streaming license now. Of course. Uh, what's the other one years ago? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you've got ASCAP, BMI stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so we always just refer people to them. Right. And uh, uh, it's never usually an issue. Uh, and one little point about Facebook, and, and we were going to have a guest this week on our podcast to talk about it, but there's a rumor going around that Facebook is, is um, you know, shutting down some church accounts, trying to do some preemptive strikes. I don't know if you've heard that, George, or not, but... Uh, Not specifically related to churches, but in general, they have been uh, trying to crack down on, on copyright material more and more as they try to improve their algorithms. And one of the things we discussed on our show about it is one of the big risks is losing your ability to live stream entirely if you get too many copyright strikes. And that's one of the biggest challenges is that how do you, well, if you do that, what, what do you do? How do you avoid getting these copyright strikes? And like I say, you could buy as many licenses from every distributor you want. But if you can't, I guess, provide that ahead of time, it doesn't help. You can fight after the fact, but that doesn't help in the in the moment. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest struggle. Um, and so certainly a dedicated platform that's not necessarily going to trip you up um, is, is obviously going to be a big advantage there. Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can kind of you know if we're streaming just through streaming church that can help to uh, to avoid any copyright stuff. Um, you can do the restreaming and multi-platform stuff as Steve mentioned, which is also always a big question for us. Um, what else? What other tools are there? Um, you mentioned virtual greeters. What does that look like from a viewer's perspective? Well, when a, when a person logs into the uh, chat platform. Uh, a church online greeter, if, if you know, hopefully the church has designated somebody to do this, uh, you know, they can greet that person, they can uh, be available to answer any questions, uh, they can show them around the platform, so to speak. Uh, it also gives their, you know, what we have designed, it gives people the ability, church administrators, to even have links on the platform uh, where the video is. And so if somebody wants to click on a link and look at the pastor's blog, or uh, maybe look at a on-demand video later or some special event that's going on. You know, it's all there within their fingertips and they're able to, you know, connect. I mean, our, our biggest thing is connecting with people, helping right. churches connect with people. And one of the tools that I can let Steve elaborate on here a little bit, uh, and as we've got some great follow-up tools that are actually automated follow-up tools. And so when somebody logs in and watches a service, uh, you know, if they provide, if they provide their email, uh, the administrator can actually uh, set it up so that it automatically sends a follow-up thanking them for attending uh, first time, second time, third time. Right. And even if they don't attend for a while, it will also send them an email saying, hey, we haven't seen you for a while. Uh, we'd love to know if there's anything we can do to help you. Uh, you know that getting Steve, you can uh, elaborate on this a little bit more. But it, it's again, it's a great way to connect and and uh, interact with people. Right. So you can create a, a method of of 
not necessarily a paywall per se, but a barrier to get some contact information so that there is a, a path to follow up. Right. Yeah, I mean, churches are they're interested in growing their ministry. Right. And so the web is just another avenue to extend their reach. And so and, and in, in a large sense, you know, uh, churches are somewhat like businesses. So they want to keep track of who shows up. They want to follow up. They want to treat people right. Um, so we've built some tools in there so that as people arrive and visit, you have a way to contact them and yeah. thank them for showing up. Absolutely, and, and, and of course. I think one of the things that makes us unique. Yeah, Sorry, and, and it's also about, on about the community and everything else, and having those ties is what always gets broken when you do it virtually, of course, uh, as opposed to seeing the same people in a physical church week after week, um, and that definitely right. makes a big difference. So you mentioned methods of doing uh, donations. Obviously, that can always be important for any charity as well. Um, so is that just a pretty typical, you know, button in the interface kind of thing that links you through to PayPal, that sort of setup? Yeah, that, that's it for the most part. And, and one, one of the things I want to stress, too, and that Steve and I have a lot of experience in church work and ministry. I, I've, I'm actually an ordained pastor and been doing it for a long time, longer than I care to admit. <laughs> and uh, uh, Steve has been doing it a long time, working with boards and volunteers as well. And so we feel like we've got a good handle, a good feel for what uh, pastors and, and administrators are, are looking for. And so, uh, you know, donation is very important. And you'd mentioned just something earlier about a paywall. Yeah. Uh, most churches don't have that, but but we do provide that as a as a tool. If you right. want to have special seminars, uh, special events where you know you want to uh, have that option, uh, that's we certainly make that available. Yeah, I grew up in a church where they outside of the normal Sunday service and that sort of thing, they often hosted uh, professional concerts with orchestras and things like that. And in today's context, that's the sort of thing where you might still live stream on the church. Uh, page or whatever, but you could put a paywall in front of it since that is a, a, a different type of event. And having that infrastructure can definitely be a, a big benefit for those sorts of events, um, whether it's in the form of a, a mandatory donation or otherwise, it certainly can help to uh, you know bring in some of that revenue to hopefully grow production values initially, I think is one of the big things with live streaming is anything you can get, get initially, hopefully you reinvest it and, and improve everything over time. Absolutely. So we did have a couple of other things here uh, on my list of questions. We've kind of gone through a lot of them already. Uh, but coming back to working with Epifan and streaming church with the webcaster, um, why is the webcaster X2 such a natural fit for streaming church? And, and how, how did that sort of all come to pass from your perspective? So I'm not sure who discovered who. We just, I think you may have discovered us or we discovered you. I don't remember, but... Um, what I, we learned about your, the product, the Webcaster X2, it fit a great niche for us. So, number one, it's really simple. So, one of the things that's really intimidating for churches that are just getting into streaming is, oh, I've got software i got to figure out and systems i got to understand. And the, the Webcaster just makes things really simple. You plug a camera in, connect the web fan to um, your Internet, and then... It's a real simple, we 
you know, API interface that we have on our admin panel and you just hit the start streaming button. Right. Yeah, and, and, and funny enough, I mean, that's exactly what we found after we launched the webcaster and very quickly one of the biggest markets was churches. Yeah, it obviously was a natural fit for, for us from our side. You know, that being such a, a large market already for that product. And I think, yeah, it speaks to exactly that. It's the simplicity of it. You're running sometimes with volunteers. You're not running with paid, trained professionals a lot of times. And uh, making things as simple and as easy as possible is uh, definitely a big, a big benefit. Um, yeah, and the nice thing about it too, George, is uh, as you obviously know, but some of the viewers may not know, I mean, this is my iPhone, but it's about the size of, of a phone. And yeah. so it doesn't take up a lot of space. Uh, anybody that's worked with churches and stuff knows that in the back where the sound booth is, uh, mixing board, and maybe another computer, it's usually pretty tight in there. And so having having a piece of hardware that's small, compact, uh, easy to use, just makes a big difference yeah, it's uh, when strange. you're trying to work back there. Churches weren't designed for this for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, they're not set up as a studio. It's a, Yeah, you kind of have to leverage it in wherever it'll fit. Uh, so, yeah, definitely the, the size uh, it really helps. The other thing I wanted to cover with you guys was uh, a while ago I had asked you guys to send us some of your brochures that we would be able to share with some of our uh, people that are, who visit our booths at trade shows and things like that. And you guys sent us this great little piece, which uh, as soon as I took it out of the package, I, I, I couldn't help but smile. I thought it was actually a fantastic and, and really brilliant way of conveying, honestly, probably the same messages that I think I hammer on every week on this show. And so reading <laughs> it was, was kind of hilarious to me uh, because the format of it obviously is appropriate, but uh, it's the same basic points. Um, so what you have here is, is the Ten Commandments of uh, streaming video. And I thought that that was uh, a really great way of not only just giving out, obviously, a piece of marketing, but um, kind of trying to make your support job easier right from the get-go uh, and, yeah, and kind and, of doing uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek as well. One little note here, George, that uh, Steve literally came down the mountain holding a couple iPads. iPad and a yeah, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this because, again, I think it's really great. Uh, Steve, was this your idea? Did you come up with this? Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't take credit. I guess <laughs> Phil and I got to share this amongst each other. So we we kind of live this. It's kind of like you. Yeah. You know, if you had to put together something, an outline of you know what are the top concerns that people have with streaming, this kind of is a natural fit. Yeah, I mean, number one is obviously one of my biggest, <laughs> biggest things always in support is, you know, test, test and test, right? I mean, that's, that's your first commandment there as well is, you know, don't just wing it. You got to make verify things before you really go live um, if, if you want things to be consistent and, and to work. Uh, but I think some of your so other points the, in there what's are... what's the punishment are, for breaking the first commandment today? <laughs> well, I we'll see. I feel like we might be a little bit hot water. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are, Cameron. I don't know. <laughs> How many rosaries? Yeah, exactly. We'll figure that out later. Um, but some of the other ones you had on here I thought were really great. Um, you know, meet and greet. Um, you know, obviously within this context, that's very important, as you were mentioning, whether it's prayer requests or, or otherwise. Um but definitely just for live streaming in general, that's a great rule of thumb. 
uh, the follow-up, you guys mentioned that. Having the tools to be able to follow up, that's one of the things that the basic live stream social media stuff really lacks. Uh, you know, while it's live, it's great, but I'm not necessarily capturing everyone's direct contact information to follow up. Um, making it easy to find. I guess that's a big one too, and that's where social media, I suppose, shines. Um, but I suppose through Streaming Church, you could also just embed a player on a church's website. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, that's exactly. We we recommend making it very easy to find on the church's website. So right. most yeah. of the people that know the church know the website, and so we want to make sure that they can get to the live stream easily. Right. Well, yeah. at the same and time, if they have think, a bigger social media presence, you could do that at the same time. Yeah, I, I think one of the things too that we found, uh, especially in the early days, uh, you know, people could embed the platform on mm -hmm. their on a page on their website. But a lot of times, Steve and I would be going to either help them or test something, and it's like, where is it at? We can't find it. Where is, you know, it would be, it'd be on the website, but it was hidden. Yeah. It wasn't out there where people, when they first go to the homepage, right. you know, would be able to see it very clearly. Yeah, 10 o'clock on a Sunday, it should be on the front page. <laughs> Yeah, so there's some great tools in here. So I, I really appreciate you guys sharing this with us. It's it's fantastic. And like I say, you uh, sent us a stack of these, and so we're going to be sure to have those on hand uh, at shows coming up in the future, certainly at uh, NAB in Las Vegas and, and Infocom in Orlando uh, through the summer. We'll, we'll definitely have those on hand to, to share with our visitors, and, and that's going to be fantastic. Um, I'm going to look at our chat here for a moment. There's been a bunch of chatter there, and I just want to see if there's any questions that uh, some of our viewers might have for you guys. Because um, sometimes we get some really great stuff, and sometimes it's just our viewers having a, a wonderful chatter back and forth. So um, let's see. Get Alexander saying he's been using uh, Perl for quite a while. Um, he's looking for some ways to add graphic layers and things like that. Um, we can deal with images, or even as we're doing right now, we use a Perl 2 for streaming this show. You can see there's names and titles here. That's just using Perl's built-in tools uh, for overlay text. Uh, so it's a very basic setup, but it can be very effective. You can also use images, JPEG or PNG images, to overlay or use backgrounds for, for different graphics. Um, let's see. Um, and just, uh, just to add to that, George, while you're looking through the chat, well, you can also use vMix and use a chroma key. Yeah. So with the Perl 2, one of the features we have on there is that chroma key option. So we can bring in a graphic, we can bring in motion graphics from vMix, and as long as we're able to pull that chroma key out, then we can overlay that on top of the feed. And there was actually a good question from uh, Stefan that just came up in the last few minutes. And this one might be good for Phil and Steve. Uh, what's a typical setup besides the webcaster? How do you do audio, one camera or multiple cameras? And if so, how do you do the switching? Yeah, that's always an interesting one. Um, I suppose, you know, when we're talking specifically around church streaming, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that really depends, I guess, on the scale of the operation of that particular church, right? You're going to have smaller churches that will probably use a single camera, potentially with integrated audio, and other ones that might be, you know, the mega church that has 10 cameras and, uh, you know, a 15-channel right. audio mixer and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that, and one of the things that's common with just about every size church is they've got a soundboard, yeah. and so we'll get you know, audio from the soundboard into the stream. So, but yeah, you're right. The, um, how, how much they set it up is uh, based on their budget and what their vision is. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a quick little fix would be, uh, you know, if you take an, uh, an audio feed coming out of your soundboard and maybe you uh, even put a, a smaller mixer, uh, pull it into a smaller mixer and then, you know, do something with that. So mm-hmm. there's there's just, you can be creative. There's lots of tools out there and things now are a lot less expensive than they used to be. So you can uh, you can make some things work with uh, very little budget. Yeah. So there's a couple questions in here. Uh, Tim uh, Tim was asking, do you assist churches with technical aspect of setting up equipment for streaming? Um, I suppose you know, from our side as Epifan, certainly people who have questions surrounding our products if they're using them for live streaming, our technical support, myself and my team, we're available to assist with that. I suppose the true is, uh, same is true with you guys as well. Absolutely, we are available, and we're actually available seven days a week, and especially on Sunday mornings. Right, of course, because that's when everything's going to go wrong. (laughs) Um, One of the other interesting questions in here that's that's really for for you guys from Stefan here was saying, um, how's the target audience for church streaming? Is it more elderly, shut-in? Um, you know, maybe they're just not physically able to attend on Sundays anymore, or is it just the fact that people live busy lives and, and, you know, they just, they just don't have that time. Like what, what are you guys seeing is the typical reason churches are trying to get into it beyond just a broader reach, but is there a specific target audience? I think it's, uh, I don't know if you want to answer this, Steve, but I, I found it. It's almost all of the above, depending on the church, Steve. Yeah, I agree. I mean, initially people think that, oh, it's for the shut-ins and, you know, that's what we're doing this for. But it's, we found that uh, people that are streaming their services, it makes it really easy for people that go to the church to invite friends. Mm -hmm. And so it's another vehicle to expose your church um, to people without having to um, actually walk through the door. Yeah, well, it's funny enough, eh? you know, I, uh, again, growing up, you know, my, my parents were always involved in a lot of aspects of the church. And one of the things that they always mentioned to us all the time was, if you move to a new city or you move to a new area, go church shopping, you know, go try a bunch of different churches, figure out which one's going to fit you and your needs uh, the best, which community do you, do you find the most comfortable? And I think streaming can give you another tool to do that. If there's five churches in the particular city, they're all doing live streams, you could tune into them on a Sunday and see which one really fits with your needs. And, and maybe that saves time instead of, you could do it in one day instead of five different weeks, I suppose, um, and, and really yeah, figure that exactly. out. Um, and hopefully maybe physically attend after that point. Um, so Stefan, we had a follow-up here to the audio question uh, that Cameron mentioned earlier. You know, how do you get audio from the mixer into something like the webcaster? Well, there's a few ways you could do that, Stefan. You could bring it in through the camera if the camera has an audio input on it that'll then embed it on HDMI. That's one of the very common ways we see it. The other way is uh, there are lots of USB adapters uh, on the market that could work with the webcaster USB input as well. Um, so whether it's the cheap little one I think that's been shared in our chat numerous times, there's this little Sabrent one you can get on Amazon for like seven bucks uh, that's a USB to, to 3.5 mil analog adapter. Um, there's some audio mixers that have USB outs that'll work directly into a webcaster as well, and small four channel mixers and things like that. So there's lots of ways to bring it in. It just depends on what tools you have on hand and, and what's uh, gonna fit the, the best setup. Um, 
So Aaron had a question here. I uh, attend a church in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, work with streaming. They use a Blackmagic ATEM switcher. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, and you're streaming yeah. into vMix uh, and using uh, StreamSpot to host on a website. Yeah, and that's uh, honestly, that Aaron, that's a fairly common setup that we hear. Um, that's, that's definitely one that... Um, you know, we hear quite a bit uh, from a computer and software side of things, and that's certainly a very common setup. One thing that we often hear, though, is a lot more people are starting to look at ways of using dedicated hardware appliances like our own, like the Webcaster or the Pearl Mini or the Pearl 2, um, because sometimes all those different moving pieces uh, funneled into a laptop running software, the sometimes the weakest point of the chain is often the software and the laptop. You know, you get a Windows update in the middle of your service and or something like that and everything goes down. Um, you know, that can be less than ideal. Dedicated hardware appliances often aren't going to run into that. You're not going to get a virus on a dedicated hardware appliance and all the other fun things that uh, happen from a technical support perspective uh, when you're talking about a computer and, and software. So um, there's no right or wrong answer, I think, personally. Uh, but certainly when we look at dedicated hardware that does only one job, uh, it makes it a lot easier and more streamlined. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Stefan's just thanking me for confirming that. I'm just going to see what else was in here. I think that pretty much um, covers uh, covers the questions we have in here. Well, actually, D. Scott had a one. Um, Phil and Steve, are you guys like a referral service? So I suppose he's asking if you are basically just a restreaming service or if you are a full CDN on your own? And I guess the answer is, is both. Right. We, we have, um, we partner with other CDNs and we provide a complete solution for the church. So we've got several CDNs we use in the back end. Right. Yeah. And that's perfect. Uh, that definitely, um, definitely helps uh, yeah. a lot. It's and just, that, yeah. It's like with the advent of, um, AWS and other, you know, you, you want to use dedicated um, systems that are, you know, designed for that. So we'll use, you know, AWS servers in the back end and that right. sort of thing. So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we use several. And uh, as Steve was saying, and, and uh, the, the one that really handles the bulk of our loads, we have a, a really close relationship with them. And so, you know, if there's something that we're not happy about or something needs to be tweaked, uh, you know, we're very easily, we can get on the phone and talk and have conversations and, and it's, it's a really good relationship. Yeah. And that, that definitely helps to have that, that broader spectrum of, of infrastructure and just in case as, as many things uh, rely on it now. And, um, you know, Amazon's infrastructure is very solid, so it's always great. Um, did have another question here coming in from Facebook, um, asking, does streaming church work with camps and do you have a lot of experience with Christian camps and how does that work in outdoor settings in your experience? Well, <laughs> well one of the keys is the ability to get your stream from your camp. So yeah. <laughs> if your camp has uh, a decent internet, then I mean, that's, that's the weak link. Yeah, obviously. So yeah. we've streamed from, you know, from a cell phone, from a booth at NAB. Um, so it can be done. Yeah. But you're gonna uh, you know, have a better experience if you get a robust internet connection. Then you could stream from anywhere; doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and George, correct me here, but I, doesn't the Webcaster X2 doesn't it have the potential to have a battery? 
Yeah, yeah, it can be powered from a battery if uh, if needed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but again, the weak link is always the network connection, right? And um, right. you know, certainly. I think in a lot of cases, a lot of areas of the U.S. have a little bit better cell coverage than we do in, in Canada in rural areas. And uh, most most camps I know in, in Canada would struggle to get any sort of cell signal for any sort of decent Internet unless they had, you know, a hard line, which is also pretty rare in rural areas. Uh, but I'm sure there's definitely areas in the U.S. that are the same story. And um, that, again, that's always the biggest the biggest challenge. But yeah, is I, that an area I that would you see that's, that's growing outside of, I guess, the traditional Sunday church thing, but also other ministries like camps? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I would be concerned about the bears, but uh, <laughs> I digress from that a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think there's always been that retreat deal, right. you know, get, having a retreat summer or having a retreat over the fall. I think those are there, but honestly, uh, I don't know if it's a growing trend or not. I think it's always been there. Right. But again, I think with technology being the way it is now, uh, you know, if, as, as Steve mentioned, if you've got access to a good signal, you can do it. Exactly. For sure. Stefan, I did have a follow-up here. He had a question about uh, advertising through uh, streaming church. Is that something that um, that happens at all? Is there embedded advertising with your streams? My understanding is that it's a paid service, so normally that comes no, you with won't no see advertising. <laughs> no. Uh, well, you will not see any ad- ads popping up. I mean, I know years ago there were some churches that would use some services and the ads would just pop up out of nowhere. And some of them weren't exactly the best ad that you would want to see your members your members see. Yeah. I won't get into details, but it was a little sketchy at times. And so, no, with us, you don't. There is no ads. Right. Zero. Perfect. Stefan is also saying, do you guys connect with churches to stream weddings or funerals or anything like that? I guess, again, outside yeah. of the normal Sunday. We, yeah. we have done that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the church is... They can stream, you know, Sunday school or midweek classes or, you know, they're doing everything. You know, weddings, funerals. Uh, funerals are really big because, um, you know, people often die untimely and it's tough to get relatives across the country and stuff. And so uh, it's just a real natural to be able to stream a funeral and get, you know, family, friends and family to be able to join the service. Um, well, I think that pretty much is uh, wrapping up uh, everything that we had for you guys. So thank you very much. Really appreciate you joining us on this week's episode. Um, and uh, to all of our viewers, definitely check out uh, streamingchurch.tv um, if you're in that market and are looking for a dedicated platform that uh, does things correctly to, to help out get get those streams out there. And uh, Phil and Steve are obviously uh there to help you and guide you along that well way and uh yeah so if there's any more questions please put them into chat but at this point i'll let phil and steve go thank you very much for joining us and uh we'll definitely hopefully see you guys soon and, and do this again sometime all right thanks for having us yeah. thanks guys. thanks guys take care all right well that was it and if you have any questions about the webcaster x2 or some of the products that ffan has uh, you can just send us an email support at streamingchurch.tv that's support at streamingchurch.tv i'm phil thompson for steve lacy and everybody here at the company we hope that you have a great day we'll catch you next time on another edition of the church solutions podcast take care